0: a bunch of guys in their late 20s out there either. I really don't. It's it's no fun. It offers no additional, well, hang on. Maybe it does offer additional hope for the future. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or Hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Pirates 5 Nationals won last night at PNC Park. And I know, again, th- th- this isn't as much fun as it'd be if it was, you know, Quinn Priester and Ruwanzi Contreras and Henry Davis and all the kids and Nick Gonzalez was back and Jared Jones was up and you had all these 20, 21, 22-year-old children up here mowing people down because that would lend to that momentum that had begun getting built back in April. And you'd have something. All right, the kids are here. Now it's just a matter of getting through the winter and adding a couple pieces. And that doesn't come with Josh Palacios hitting his eighth home run uh, reaching base three times, throwing a guy out at the plate from right field. He's been, he has been what he is. I, every time you want to get stoked about Palacios, you look at his overall numbers and wonder why they're as down as they always are. And then you see that he's 28 years old, and it kind of, and you could say something similar about the starting pitcher, Bailey Falter. He's 26, but he's a lefty, which makes him roughly 19 in lefty years. And he's been around. He's bounced up and down. First appearance in the majors was back in 2021. Even this year, after reaching the World Series with the Phillies in 2022, he was up and down. He was one of their guys boomeranging up and down the other side of the Commonwealth. And he's not exciting. He's not someone who would raise the hope level. I had a similar thought when I first saw him in Milwaukee a few weeks ago when he came up to the Pirates. I didn't even know who he was. He's supposed to pitch tomorrow. He's supposed to face the Brewers. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really care. You know, I was working the room up there, visiting clubhouse, and just trying to figure out who were the guys who I could talk to who matter. Guys who would have a chance to be part of this long-term. That tends to be the way I focus my coverage. Well, funny thing. Falter, last night, pitched six innings, allowed one run, and he was pretty good. Now, the Nationals are who they are. They're even lower in the standings than the Pirates. But you still have to get people out. And Falter has now made eight appearances for the Pirates. Five of those starts, although a couple of those were those, uh, the non-starts were those uh, long inning-eating follow-up, the opener, and he did well in those two. So out of his eight appearances... He's got a 3.62 ERA, a 1.15 whip, which is even more impressive. 30 strikeouts, 9 walks. He's been pretty good. Again, out of those eight appearances, he's been hit twice. And that was by the Braves and the Cubs, two of the better hitting teams in the National League. And in the other six appearances, He's given up, including last night, either one run or no runs at all. He's been Mr. Binary in the other six. That's that's pretty good. And the ability that he has, the ease with which he shows that he has that ability to go from starter to reliever to long guy to whatever, that's been on display, too. And that comes with its own value. He discussed this last night after the game uh not really no i mean kind of used to it by now i feel like it's kind of been uh been pretty much my whole entire career ever since i've been up here in 21 just up down up down bullpen starting i mean you've been doing it for a while so you kind of just adapt to it you can kind of hear even from that brief answer the intonation there this is an intelligent guy this isn't some meathead who comes up and just can throw whatever, a zillion miles an hour. Those guys exist, too. And, of course, they have value, too. This is someone who thinks about what he does. I did get to know him a little bit since that initial experience in Milwaukee. And I came away impressed each time. More important than that, when you see him on the mound, he's got this. He kind of drives me nuts a little bit because he reminds me of somebody, some lefty, Who threw over the top the way he does, like his whole body angles off to his right and the arm just comes almost completely over the top, which is really, really weird for a lefty. But I can't place it. I'm not playing a game with you here. I don't have some. I don't have the name in mind. If you can think of a lefty who threw like that, let me know because there's somebody that's just leaping out at me, and it might even been from the distant past. But who just brings it from that side, but overhead, and maybe that helps him too. Maybe that's part of what's been effective for him. Whatever the case, and I'm not pumping his tires or making this out to be anything bigger than what it is. I hope I've set the context in the opening. He's 26 and he's dirt cheap and you can hold his rights for the next four years. You don't have to sweat anything. He can be part of what you're doing in some capacity. And if either he and maybe Palacios can become just Spare guys, bench guys, bullpen guys, whatever it is, then some of this uncomfortable, still uncomfortable in year four experimentation might pay off when we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, Q1Q comes from Gavin, who, in reference to my citing three all-time right fielders, three all-time brilliant right fielders in franchise history, laughed at my suggestion that putting Paul Wainer in the group might get some people to go, what? But there are those who have taken Wainer's side as being the best right fielder the Pirates have ever had. And I know, I know, I'm aware of who's played right field. Because it's not just Roberto Clemente, it's also Dave Parker. But the arguments are there. Gavin says, it's not that crazy to say Wayner was the best right fielder. Clemente's a Hall of Famer and a folk hero and everything else, but the Pirates' all-time roster has several players better than Clemente statistically. And we're... We're walking on some thin ice here, you and I, Gavin, but I'm I'm with you. If you get completely cold and you leave out the phenomenal, iconic human being, uh, saint, really, in Puerto Rico that Clemente was, and you just look at nothing other than performances – there is a strong argument for Clemente as being one of the two or three best players in franchise history. Okay? I'm not talking about right fielders. I'm talking about it anything. In part because in addition to all the numbers, he had the longevity. He also had World Series MVP in 1971 at age 38. He had a National League MVP in 1966. He was part of another World Series winner and really good in that one, too, in 1960 as a much younger player. And, you know, he's Clemente, 3,000 hits on his last at-bat. That's that's beyond my ability to attach adjectives to it, okay? Wayner also had 3,000 hits. Weiner had a lot of other things going for him, but one of the things that worked against him was that he arrived right after the Pirates' 1925 championship, so he didn't have his opportunity to be part of some great lineup or great series that might have further bolstered his status. But when you're talking about overall Pirates, you're talking about Mount Rushmore kind of arguments. Put it this way, my all-time Pittsburgh baseball Mount Rushmore would be Clemente, Willie Stargell, Hannes Wagner, and Josh Gibson. I don't have any way of keeping Gibson out because he was participating in the Negro Leagues. There's no one anywhere who knows anything about baseball history, and particularly Negro League history, Homestead Grays, Pittsburgh Crawford's history, who would leave Gibson off. If Gibson had been a pirate, if society were different back then, Gibson would have been one of the greatest pirates of all time. And Wagner is nothing less than the greatest pirate of all time one of the five original Hall of Fame inductees in 1936. And thus, a consensus choice as one of the five best players over the first half century of the sport. That's not something that's going to get topped. But where this gets sticky for me is I've had a stock answer for a long time about my Mount Rushmore for all of Pittsburgh sports, meaning Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. And... Not everyone likes hearing this, but I don't even have Clemente on it. Or if you're just talking about pure sports and not invoking everything else that he was. I've got Wagner on there as the Pirates only representative. I've got Mean Joe Green on there as the Steelers only representative. It is to the Steelers infinite credit. That they had all the great teams that they did without having someone who is reasonably considered to be among the top 10, maybe even top 20 NFL players of all time. That's not a shot at anybody at all. It's just, it's not easy to find one individual from the Steelers who's just transcendent, that's just way, way up there. And the other two spots are taken by players who unquestionably are among the greatest ever to play hockey. And that, of course, being Mario Lemieux, the greatest everything our city's ever had. And Sidney Crosby, who's going to finish his career someday, considered almost unanimously to be one of the top three or four players who've ever played the sport. And I'm not even mentioning Evgeny Malkin, who's going to end up Being considered a top 15, top 20 in that same category. So, yeah, that one never really works in my favor whenever people hear it, but I'm sorry. If you want to throw in the other stuff, you can put Roberto Clemente on a Mount Rushmore of the greatest of all time Pittsburghers, along with Jonas Salk for creating the polio vaccine, along with Fred Rogers. For everything that he meant to American society, along with Andrew Carnegie, along with Chuck Knoll. There's there's a lot of different ways to do this, but when it comes to just pure sports, it's it's okay to talk about other players and compare them to Clemente, even if it feels, you know, a little uncomfortable. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.